Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, a brand new episode. I'm excited to conclude the first chapter of Philippians. The first 20 verses are just very, very powerful. And I just want you to know that despite everything that that goes on in this world, that goes on with us and our trials and the things that we deal that we deal with, I want you to know that that we should use those things as opportunities to enhance the gospel, especially to progress it. So this book study has been such a tremendous blessing to me, and I hope it is to you as well. So with that being said, we're going to go, we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're going to go starting in verse 21, and we are going to go all the way to the end, to verse 29. So eight short verses. Uh, This could be record for us as far as uh, time goes. And uh, something I want to share with everybody before we get started is I have had the privilege of having a a little bit of a blessing in disguise happen. So what happened is there was about at the time of this release of this episode, about a month ago, I had my uh, dear friend and brother, Mike Brown, you've had you've had the privilege of hearing him before on this podcast. And he showed me this app called Wisdom. And I was intrigued by it because he was telling me all about it. So what I did is I downloaded it, listened to it, and basically it's like live radio. That's what that's what it seems like to me. It's like live radio. It's a platform you get on and do talks on there. You can have guests join you, and it's, and it's all live. So I've been using that for the past month. And if you want to connect with me on there, I'm not that hard to find. And so here's what happened. I got on there and it's just a different platform to to share the gospel. And it's, it's fantastic because you can do all these things on there. You can speak to people and there's people I've met on there that are really helping me in my sanctification. And we're reaching more and more people for the, for the sake of the gospel. So that is very, very powerful. So uh, check out Wisdom. You can download the app. They're not paying me or anything, but I, I just, it'd be so cool for some of the listeners on here to transfer over there and to hear me on there because there's a lot of things we do on there. And it's basically the same stuff I'm doing Bible studies. And, you know, if you get on there and 
talk, you know, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. So let's go ahead and start in verse 21 in Philippians chapter one. This episode is, it should be entitled to live as Christ, but that's what needs to be written on our hearts. That's what needs to be our life story. So let's go ahead and read. It says, for to me, to live is to, is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. So I'm going to stop there for a minute and let's break down verse 21 here. To live is Christ. All that we are, all that we say, all that we do is for Christ. Our life is in him. And you can really think of that in Colossians 3, 4. When it says, when Christ, who is our life. Now there's more to it than that, but he needs to be our life. He's not a part of our life. He is our life. And Paul also says here, and to die is gain. Being in Christ gives us peace in the most fearful circumstances. We look forward to seeing Christ, our Lord. So the the overwhelming excitement and joy of beholding our wonderful Lord and Savior will supersede any fear of death. At the end of the day, when Christians on, are on their deathbed, what you see are people not afraid of dying. They have no fear of that. There's no regrets. There's no what ifs. There's no I should have. There's no, there's no I should have, could have, would have. It's very powerful stuff. So to live is Christ and die is gain. Now, Paul in verse 22 is saying, but if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. God is the one who is sovereign. He is the one who determines if we are to continue on living or not. It's up to him. It's not by chance. It's not by our wills. It's not by eating a, a healthier diet and exercising. Now, are those things very, very beneficial for our lives? Absolutely. We cannot be lazy Christians. We can't be sluggards who lay around on the couch all day long and occasionally read our Bible and then say, well, I guess it's time to go to church. You go to church and get your God fix in, and then I did, your, I did my good deed for the week, and then we're good. That's not how it works. So those healthy things that we should be doing are for our benefit, for sure. Now, he is, Paul is saying here, if I'm to live on, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So we need to be bearing fruit. What kind of fruit are we talking about here? The fruits of the Holy Spirit. And those amazing qualities found in 2 Peter 1. That's what we need to be bearing fruit in. We need to be loving people, 
honoring people, serving people, walking in humility, walking in obedience to Christ, and living as Christ did, walking as he did. And a lot of that is, for sure, it's a challenge. We're, we're not perfect, but we need to aim for perfection. Now, he does say at the end of 22, and I don't know which one to choose. He doesn't know which one to choose. Now, listen to this. But I am hard-pressed in both directions, having a desire to, to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. So, the flip, here's, here's, one, here's how it's supposed to look. On the, on the one side, he, he wants to depart and be with Christ. That's all of our end game here. To depart and be with Christ. The second side of that is to, is to remain on this earth. And you know what? That's for the sake of the believers. Because in verse 24, it says, Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. So again, if we remain on this earth, it is for the benefit of other people and God's will or his purpose for our lives has not been yet accomplished. But death is not something that we're supposed to be fear of. Death actually becomes our ally and friend. Death brings us to completion of our sanctification. Amen to that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that I am looking forward to death. <laughs> Let me just make that perfectly clear. I uh, am not really looking forward to the process of dying. But uh, what I do look forward to is seeing my Savior who pay the penalty of my sins for me on my behalf, for my justification, and seeing the one who rose from the dead, who who created all things, who created me. So honestly, when I when I think about those things, and I really am digging in and, and studying those things to its fullest extent, it it doesn't leave me with more fear. It leaves me more at ease. It leaves me with a, a peace in my heart that only the Spirit can give. And that's so fitting because that's what he promises. But fear is not is not something that we're supposed to live in. And the fear of death, I mean, you think about everything in this world. That's what people fear the most, is death. They fear death. They fear those things. And here's the reality. We are not called to walk in fear. We are called to walk in Christ and to know that whatever the situation is, whatever circumstance you're find, you find yourself in at this very moment, that Christ is greater than all those things. Now, let's go back to the scriptures here and go to verse 25 where it says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all of your progress and joy in the faith. Again, Paul is saying here that his time has not yet come, but for him to remain in the flesh on this earth is more necessary for the sake of the brethren. And not only this, he will remain and continue with them for their progression and join the faith. 
So please do not discredit yourself as, as importance in other people's lives, because this ought to be your number one focus to progress people in their faith, in your faith and in your joy and in their joy. And so here's the thing. It's about other people. It's about other people. It's about their sanctification and it's about our sanctification. So here is what I want to share with you with these last two verses. These last two verses show you that that is not Paul's ultimate joy and desire. His desire is to depart and be with Christ. But he even says in verse 23, he has a great desire to depart and be with Christ. And he says that is very much better. But his influence, his guidance by the Holy Spirit to the believers had not yet been accomplished. And therefore, he is to remain on the flesh for their sake, for more fruitful labor. This honestly needs to be our focus. As a Christian, are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit or not? Are you bearing fruit for God? Is what has happened on the inside manifested on the outside yet? Those things need to happen. Are you sharing Christ with other people? Are you looking for opportunities to share the gospel? Because a lot of times what happens, it doesn't happen. It just, it does not happen. So I'm here to share with you right now that the reality is that we as Christians must be cautious, not just to be parrot-like professing Christians, where all we say is just, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe. And there's no fruit backing that up. And God willing, soon we're going to start a book study in the book of James. And I'm telling you, you are not going to want to miss that because it is very, very powerful, um, very challenging. And it's very, honestly, it's very much so a life application study to where you are just filled with like, oh, okay, this is okay, this is what I'm not doing. This is what I have to do. Oh, this is I am doing this. I'm gonna keep doing this. Okay. Uh, James is very, very practical. Now, I will just share this with you um, for the future episodes that are coming in the book of James. And I'm not sure if we're gonna do it right after this one or not. So just we'll kind of see kind of where the Lord takes us. But honestly. We already did chapter three, the book of James. I've done that. I've actually did that same study on that wisdom map I was telling you guys about. Um, like I said, there are some people on this uh, 
that who listen to this podcast and I would just challenge you to go on there and, and join me. Um, it's really easy to sign up. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to sign up because it gets me like money or anything like that, but uh, it'd be really cool to be able to talk to some of you that um, I never would have met if it weren't for this podcast. So it's just another way. It's a way for us to, to connect and to talk. So, you know what? Um, it's a, it's, it's good. It's a really good thing. So uh, let's go and finish off 26 here because we haven't got started yet. So verse 26 says, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. You know, Paul here is confident in the Lord. It, you know, it's positive when it is in the Lord and negative when it's based on self. And by the way, I'm just going to, I'm just going to share this with you right now because this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine lately. And I'm going to share this frankly with everybody here. You, you as a person, we must decrease. Christ must increase the world right now. And all of its deceitfulness is saying that self is the most important thing. You are the most important person on this planet and this universe and that you need to do you, you need to speak your truth. And, you know, I've been saying this on this podcast for a long time. And then when I got on that wisdom app, there are so many of those professing self-help life coaches on there. I'm telling you right now, people, it is aggravating to me to listen to what they have to say. Uh, and I don't really listen too much. I, I am very selective in what I listen to. So if it's anything about self-help, I shut it off right away because the Bible doesn't say self-help. He has given us a helper, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us live the Christian life that we cannot live on our own strength. The Holy Spirit gives us strength to endure. The Holy Spirit writes the laws of God on our hearts and in our minds. The Holy Spirit gives us the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit illumines and, and makes known the scriptures to us so that we can understand it and apply it in real ways. And if you are a Christian who has fully repented of your sins, who has placed their trust and faith in Christ, who has confessed Jesus as Lord, and has immersed yourself in a water grave of baptism, then you have the Holy Spirit. The thing is, is are you in his word or not? Are you studying the scriptures? Are you seeking out what God is commanding you to do? That is the question. So I, I just want to say, if you do get on that app, be really careful what you listen to. Because verse 27 is what I've been trying to do for well, for a long time here, and this is very, very powerful. Listen to this. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Dear friends, if you do not have this underlined in your Bibles, you need to do so right now. 
You need to pause this and underline it in your Bible because we are called to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That means we need to walk as Jesus did. We need to keep in step with the Spirit. We need, we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to be producing and increasing in the qualities found in 2 Peter 1. And we need to be bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we must be obedient to God's word. Obedience is so critical. Because in James, I'm just giving you a little snippet here. In James, it says, faith without works is dead. And that is true. It's so true. It says, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit. Okay, so how do you stand firm in, in the spirit? We conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We are to live such righteous and holy lives that it ought to gain the attention of outsiders. We need to be living righteous lives where people look at us and they are intimidated by us being more righteous than we used to be. And that doesn't mean that we can attain righteousness on our own. We all we know that 2 Corinthians 5.21 is that Christ is our righteousness. We know that. But what I'm trying to share with you right now is that it's so important to be progressing in sanctification. And we did a three-part series on that, Trust the Process, Sanctification. Go check those out because sanctification is so critical. So confessing Christ is great. Repenting of your sins is, is great. Uh, and putting your trust and faith with Him is, is so vital. But if you are not conducting yourself in a manner of the a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. If you're not walking in obedience, that's a problem. That is a problem. The Bible is always talking about striving and walking and remaining firm and steadfast. Those are those are not only commands, but those are absolutes. We must do those things. A true believer will conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. They will be obedient. They will be immersed in the scriptures, as Colossians 3.16 says us to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us. We will do those things. We will stand firm in one spirit and with one mind striving together. That word striving there means cooperate vigorously with. That it, it, it's, a, it's a fight. It's a challenge. And what are we, what are we striving for with one mind and one spirit in? What we, and standing firm. What are we doing that for? For the faith of the gospel. That is why we stand firm. One mind striving together for the sake of the gospel. In verse 28, And in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. So let me just share this, this last little bit with you because we're starting to get to the conclusion of this episode. And I know what you're thinking. This is, how is this possible? Nate, your episodes have been 50 minutes to an hour. I know. Uh, this one is, is short, compact, to the point. Um, no extra details. It's, it's honestly a, a really clear and concise study. 
But I'm, I'm here to share with you this. All opponents of God and his gospel shouldn't scare or intimidate any one of us. And it shouldn't be any concern for us. God grants us all things to stand firm and withstand the attack of anyone. And also, just so we're clear on this, because I've been saying this on the Wisdom app for a long, well, for about three weeks now, because this stuff has been pre-recorded. So um, actually, when when this episode you're hearing uh, right now is after the time on the app for about three weeks on it. Uh, the previous episode for Philippians 1, that was done prior to that. So about a month in between where I'm recording this back-to-back live. It's it's interesting. But once again, God gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And you can find that in 2 Peter 1. That's actually right before those qualities we, we reference. I share this with you because we're not alarmed by our opponents. We're not. By the way, what does this mean? We're going to have opponents. We're going to have people that are naysayers, that are haters, that look at us and they don't want to draw closer to us. They want to tear us down. You're going to have people trying every single way possible. They're looking at you. They're analyzing you. They're watching you. It's what Paul said in Acts where he says, I fear that when I depart, that savage wolves will come in. And that's exactly what they do. The wolves don't come attack you straight on. They wait and they watch. And that's what happens. It happens all the time. And here's the sad part. It happens in our church, the Lord's church. It happens in there. You have people who, for whatever reason, they have issues with you for no reason. People that won't talk to you. People that will question you on things when you have a full idea of what you're talking about. And by the way, we are not our own defense. The Bible is our defense. That's why we put on the full armor of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. That is our. That is a defensive weapon. So when people are coming at us, that's why you need to be knowledgeable and immersed in the scriptures so that you can think, act, and speak on things that are from scripture. So when a situation arises, the first thing you think is scripture, boom, right here. Oh, what about this? Scripture, it comes out, but that's not what happens. That's not what happens at all. What happens is we get caught up in our emotions and we either we lash out or we shell up in fear and we don't use God. We don't use his word as our defense. I'm telling you right now, if people come at me in the faith, I want to be, I'm going to be real with you here. Okay. If people come at me in the faith, here's what's going to happen. You are going to not get wrath and anger. But here's what you will get. You will get a biblical defense. And if you're coming at me, you better you better come prepared. Because if you're coming at me to try to argue, um, you're going to be arguing with God, not me. So I'm just sharing that with you. But 
do not be alarmed when you have opponents. Because if you are conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, there is a gigantic bullseye painted on your back, and you will get opposition from not just unbelievers, but unbelievers as well. And I hate to say that, but that is the truth. You have a lot of professing Christians out there who are not walking what they're talking. And here's the deal. That's not of your concern. Man is not your concern as regard to as who is the authority in your life or what people think of you or anything of that nature. Salvation is all from God is an amazing grace that goes beyond all reason and comprehension. Salvation is only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And we know there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation is truly found in no one else alone. He is the one that we need to be concerned with. He is the one that we look. We need to go to please. He is our defense. He is our righteousness. And in verse 29 and 30, as we conclude here, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Um, as we start to finish here, what are we talking about here? Well, here's what we're talking about. Salvation has been granted for the sake of Christ. But here's the thing. This salvation is not only just to believe in Christ, but also to suffer. This is the true reality of one of the pieces of God's will for our lives. If you remember that, if you, if you forgot, go back and check out our episode on God's will for our lives. But not suffering as, as, as in consequences regarding our sins, but a mistreatment for Christ's holy name. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to a few scriptures as we conclude here, and we'll wrap up. So I want to take you to Matthew, Matthew 5. And we're going to be in the verses 11 and 12. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say falsely all kinds of evil against you because of me. This is Jesus talking. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So if you are experiencing that same conflict that Paul here is saying, if you experience that as I am doing that, hey, that's salvation. And you're probably thinking, well, I don't want to suffer. Well, again, we read in Timothy that all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. This is not a shock to us. This is a yes, amen, hallelujah moment. But listen, 1 Peter 3.14, But if, even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation. Do not be troubled. Where do you think Where do you think Paul's getting this from? Where do you think anybody in the Bible gets their things from? It's from Scripture. That needs to be us. And I'm going to take you to two last pieces of Scripture here, and we're going to be done. I know this is a record for us. It's been a while. it's been a minute. 
since we have completed this early. But you know what? That's okay. There's no time limit on this. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to, com to be compared, compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. And 1 Corinthians 12.26, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So here's what I'm going to share with you. I'm going to go back to Romans 8.18 because that's, that's a very amazing, powerful, just a feel-good ending to this study. It says, For I would consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Brothers and sisters, this, these struggles, these trials, these tribulations, this walk that we have with Christ to be conformed to his image, to be a living sacrifice, to, to forsake the world and to be conformed in the image of Christ is our goal, but it is difficult. And you're going to have people closest to you that are going to be intimidated and they're going to be uh, questioning you in this time of your walk. But do not fret, do not fear, do not be intimidated, but you keep conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, of the high calling that we have received. Walk in uprightness, walk in truth, walk in mercy, walk in love, but surpassing all that, walk as Christ did. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps each and every single one of you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.